Good. So we're good. No one's we're all good. All right. Hello and welcome to the Finding Proof podcast. And today I'm very excited to introduce to you, to you my guest, Anthony Trucks, former NFL player, former American Ninja Warrior participant, and coach to entrepreneurs welcome anthony i'm so pleased to have you here it's a it's a big leap it's a big leap from nfl to ninja warrior to entrepreneurial coach how did you make that journey what a crazy story no man it's difficult uh honestly it was all by accident i think everybody (laughs) thinks it's an amazing plan but you know nfl is it's professional it's our professional football team obviously it's um the the big thing in the country so nfl is like big in america and the Ninja Warrior is big too. Problem is typically you don't go from a football sport where you're a big, heavy, muscle-bound guy to a sport where you're supposed to be like 150 pounds. Um, or like you guys, I don't know what you guys call them, kilos. Do you guys use kilos yeah, out yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> 50, 50 kilos? Call it 50 kilos? <laughs> we'll call know. it that. <laughs> yeah, but like those little guys. And I'm a big guy in comparison, but I did well in the show. And yeah. then you know, the thing was that wasn't that was stuff I did on the side uh, I started in, you know, I, I finished my career professionally. I, lost, I had an injury on in my shoulder, lost my career, sent me home. I opened a fitness center for gym, you know, working out, did that for about six years and then realized there was more to my life to share with the world. Mm-hmm. And the transition was just me opening up like my past, my experiences, what I could teach people going into working in psychology uh, and, and not really psychology in a sense of like practicing it, but like studying it from what I yeah. could for how I could make sense of my past to then teach mm-hmm. others how to navigate. So uh, quick backstory, I grew up in foster care. I was given away at three years old as a little kid. I grew up in a foster care system, which I don't know if you guys have that, but we have it out here yeah. where it's like, you know, you live with just you know random people and statistically we're not usually doing well. Um, I was out yeah. to buy an all white family. So I'm the only black person in my family. So I had some weird identity yeah. issues there. Like I'm a foster kid. I get a chance to be adopted at 14. So you know, 11 years in this crazy system, get to play football, sport I play. Uh, was really bad at first, got better over the years, got a football scholarship to play at our, our uni, our university, yeah. our college out here. Hey, yeah. uh, played for four years, had a son when I was 20 years old in my sophomore year, my second year in, uh, got to meet my real dad, my also the same year, uh, ended wow. up going, you know, played for three years and then lost my career to an injury, came home. I'd married my high school sweetheart. We had three kids. I now have a 14-year-old and 10-year-old twins. This was a while ago. Uh, and then lost my marriage, lost my health, almost took my life, came back out of the hole, lost my adoptive mom, uh, and then figured out like there's more to me to give to the world like she gave to me. And so I, I took what I'd learned in life and in business and the gym and football and relationship and all this stuff. I was like, what is it that has allowed me to, through all of that, still be happy, be optimistic, yeah. have something yeah. to share? And so I say all that to say, I have navigated more shifts of my identity than I, I think anybody should ever have to, starting at yeah, three years right. old. And in doing so, I was able to figure out how to get to the next tier of the goals I had for my life. And so what I do is I help people do what I've done throughout my life, which is I upgrade my identity so I can reach the goal I want. And the reason it's so important is because your identity is, it's who you are, like how you operate when yeah. you don't focus on how you operate, just what you yeah. do. Like I go through this, you know, I go through the process. And if you're always in a state of constant drudgery and pain of being forced to do something, it kills your soul. You never succeed at it. So how do you not be, say the person you are trying to do these things, but then become the person who does these things and it goes on autopilot. And so I had to keep leveling up and leveling up 
And so you asked how I got to this stage. It was like, I had a realization that I had mastered this on accident throughout life by being forced to do it. Yeah. And then I realized there's a lot of value in teaching somebody how to apply whatever they need to their life to upgrade it, to upgrade their identity, to upgrade their life. Yeah. And here's what I find is nowadays, there is no shortage of information, no yeah, shortage right. of tools. It's just, it's too much out there, but people mm. still fall short. In America, 53% of people are unhappy with their careers. It's like, why is that? There's so much information, so much connection. It's because I think one is you know that it's there, but you can't get it. You can't figure out why. And two, you're realizing, we're realizing now that it's not the information, it's not the tools, but it's the person who is able to utilize those. So if you are in the right identity, I don't care what you buy, what program you join, what you network, whatever it is, you're going to fall short. Uh, and it's yeah. going to suck unless you can upgrade your identity. And so I've done that as a husband, business owner, parent specifically, like I've, yeah. I lost my family. I got them back. I don't know if I said that three years later after divorce and craziness, my wife and I are, are remarried in an amazing relationship. That'll go That's fantastic. That's amazing. That's a journey in itself. I, I was really taken um, as a psychologist. You know, most of the clinical work I do is with new parents, right? So mm-hmm. I, I work in the area of, we call it perinatal mental health, but it's really around you know, becoming a parent, making that transition, bonding, dealing with the stresses of infertility, all that sort of stuff. You know, that's on the side to what I do as a business coach and mentor. Yeah. And, um, and I, my ears pricked right up when I heard that you you became a father and met your birth father in the same mm. year. Like, yeah. man, that must have been huge. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was Massive the, life transition. And the thing is, I was in college. The funny thing is, I, my very first college start as a football player in, in my college yeah. team, we were on national television, and I got a game ball because I played really well. Uh, and I met my dad in the same day. Like, it was a really cool experience because I didn't know him my entire life growing up. I was 20, 20 years old when I met him. And yeah, I, the, the same capacity, I just had my son in that same year. So there's a lot of dynamics in that realm. And I always yeah. wondered, you know, what kind of dad I'd be. But I did know I never wanted anything to be you know, the experience of my son like what I'd experienced. No dad, yeah, sure. foster care. So it was an interesting situation. I look back on it, but it was, for me, I was actually happy. Like, I, was, I don't know how to explain it, but a 19-year-old kid, 20-year-old kid usually isn't happy to have a baby. But I was like, yeah, yeah I get this kid that I can now give a better life to. Yeah. And it was a different switch in mentality. So I wasn't, here's the big thing. I wasn't a college student, college football player who had a kid. Mm-hmm. I was a dad that played college football and went to school. That's so it was such a, a different, different mindset. Totally different mindset. And I think, I know that you talk about, like if, if people are looking at your website, anthonytrucks.com, People looking at your website, they're going to see that you're all about making the shift. And the shift is a really big word. It's like your one big word. Mm-hmm. I get that, that idea about making the shift in your life. And I think you've obviously mm-hmm. made multiple of those, as you've said, from the identity of having been a foster child. I do a lot of work with children going into care. I do a lot of assessment work around that sort of stuff and parenting capacity and things like that. And it is you know, it is fraught. It's an incredibly traumatic experience for a three-year-old to be put with new people. And you might, you know, three-year-olds remember some of that in terms of concrete memories, but there's that underlying, you know, developmental trauma, we call that, of being taken away from what you know and placed with the unknown. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's a big identity to sort of move past 
And I think, you know, becoming a father yourself and saying, right, now I get the chance to do it right because it wasn't done right for me, at least not at the beginning. Um, I completely understand that. I completely understand that. We talk about, you know, I often use the analogy of parenting when I'm talking about people's businesses. You know, you put all your love and all your energy and all your passion into growing this thing. And so when there's a risk that it's not going to work, it's very similar to this sort of panicky feeling that we have when we're fearful that our children are going to be hurt or unwell or something like that. How yeah. do you how do you find that, you know, that that analogy when you're working with your coaching clients? Do you find that, you know, you, you're also working with people who have that fear, that panic around failure? Yeah. And it's like, it's like you're a parent, like you're watching them birth a kid. You guys are working together to birth, which is their, their baby. I mean, it's, it was always that that fear and that panic because it's an investment, right? And as humans, we we want the return and it's, you know, with a kid, I'm investing in this child's life and I want the return of them having a good life with the business. You're doing some of the same work like here and it's like birth. Like I'm not, I'm not a woman. I don't know what it feels like, but like to bring something to life, it's very difficult. It's a lot of pain. Uh, to see it succeed is very difficult. It's a lot of pain, right? It's the same as parenting. Uh, yeah. The good thing I'm a parent, so I grasp it. And I also know what it's like to have your child fail. Not my real child, but like my business. So yeah. early on, I had this gym business. And nine months in, I was already looking at bankruptcy. Like yeah. I, I couldn't pay bills. I was, I was being evicted by the landlord. I had to figure it all out. And I did within a two-week period. But it was never really like it never got to the tier I wanted it to for like six years. So I had to watch every day of me pouring effort into this thing and it not turning into what I wanted to turn into. Uh, and here's the crazy part is while doing that, I was failing as a real father too. Because so I was neglecting duties as being dad and playing basketball and shooting hoops, being husband, um, which, you know, I, I neglect my wife, I neglect my family, and this baby I'm trying to bring to life over here. It's not bringing, coming to life. and I'm losing out on this and I lost everything. And so when I work with my clients, one of the big things to look at is it's like I have clients that are business owners. Like I coach individuals who are infopreneurs, want to bring the message to the world, right? There's a lot of people doing that. I'm not going to say that no one else is doing it. It's not the most unique part of it. What's unique about it, however, is I cut through the noise of all the crazy different solutions and tools and info in the world. I simplify it down to what works for this person and we apply it in a way that, that fits their, their needs and their life so that... They never have to be where I was at, which was I'm putting all this into this, neglecting my family, neglecting my health, neglecting my kids and my wife. And like that relationship falls apart. And on top of that, most of the time, first time parents, think about a first time parent. I don't know what to do as a parent. I'm just yeah. hoping yeah. the kid doesn't die, right? I don't know how to make yeah. them great. Like I'm figuring it out. Same thing with business. So when you're coming in, it's kind of like, dude, I got this new baby. I don't know how to make it breathe and eat. Like food eats. Give me some, like, you know, stay alive. And so you're trying to fight and you have no idea. So they, most people like I did, you try to make this thing work without having any idea how to make it stay alive. It can kind of stay alive, but it's not thriving. And so I kind of come in as like the parent who's done this for the last 12 years and say, look here, um, this is what you have to do so your baby doesn't die, <laughs> right? <laughs> Bro, yeah. here's what to feed it. Here's how to change the diapers. Like <laughs> crap's going to happen. Here's how you wipe the butt, right? It's a little. Like, <laughs> that's a great so, analogy. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I guess that's kind of how I look at it is I get to go in and, uh, and really look at the parenting aspect of you're still a living a life. Your business is not your life. Your life is your life. But we get this thing running right. It can aid in your life or it can hurt your life. Yeah. I love that your business is not your life. And I think that's, I think that's 
something that so many entrepreneurs lose sight of because yeah. it can be all all encompassing all encompassing and i i was listening to you talking and thinking about a new a new parent who spends every waking minute just staring at their baby making sure it's still breathing you know, and that's what an entrepreneurs doing, staring at their bank balance, making sure it's still breathing. And, yeah. you know, it is all encompassing, but your business is not your life. And obviously yeah. that's, that's the lesson you learned with your family because you lost your family for a time. Yeah. Because you let your business be your life. Man, yeah. you got them back. That's such a romantic yeah. story. I love it. It's I so love cool. it. It's and the so other funny cool. thing is the thing about like business, one of the things I noticed for a lot of people is they are a, uh, they're in business, but not a business. And yeah. there's a big separation. It's like, I can go ahead and say like, oh, I mow lawns, but then I'm mowing lawns. I don't own a business. I own a job because I'm in mm. business. Yeah. Uh, and if you think about it as a parent, like the, the whole goal for me as a parent, a real dad, my actual physical living, breathing kids, is I want to allow them to be taught and coached and guided to where they can go out on their own and be autonomous, live yeah. their life. Yeah. And the problem is most people in business are not a business. They're not parenting their business in a way to where they can step away from it and yeah. let it live on its own, which is when you can do that, that's when you get the freedom and control. If yeah. not, you just own a job. And if you own a job like that, you better you might as well get a regular job and let somebody else deal with the problems. So yeah. as you're yeah. building this business, be building it so you can set it out on its own, not sell it, mm -hmm. but let other hire people to do the job so you can just come in and say, hey, you doing all right? A little bit yeah. of money, a little bit of effort, right? And then they can keep living. They, the business can keep growing. But most people are are raising kids like they're, they're doing helicopter parenting on their business, and it's going to so be true. bad for the business. So so true, so so true. I think that with you know with a lot of my mentoring clients, it's a conversation we have a lot of the time is learning mm -hmm. to let go, learning to delegate, learning to. Mm -hmm you know, stop trying to control everything, step back and let somebody else do the tasks so that you can be the CEO. You can take time on school holidays with your kids. You can have a sick yeah. day without the whole thing falling over. Um, exactly. And it is such an important lesson. I think, I think that many business owners are so filled with fear of their business being a house of cards and it falling over with the slightest puff of wind. It feels like that, I think, for many of them. Um, and fear is such a big, big issue with, with my mentoring clients. I'm often talking with them about, um, you know, feeling like that sense of isolation that mm -hmm. so many business owners feel like nobody else, there's nobody else they can talk to because everyone in their business, of course, is below them yeah. and they feel so isolated and they don't want to acknowledge with other business owners that they're finding it difficult. I mean, the yes, fact yeah. that you can say quite openly, you're nine months in, you're nearly bankrupt. Um, I talk a lot about the ups and downs of business and navigating the choppy waters of business because they happen. All um, day, yeah. Normal <laughs> All day, it's, all day. It's supposed to. I think it's because yeah. the, well, the, the market yeah. is faster than it ever has now. That's it. And, and you have to be fleet-footed. You've got to be quick thinking. You've got to have a big vision, but you've also got to be able to respond quickly. Can I think, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you'd have experience of being agile on the field and you've got to apply that knowledge and experience. I often say to people, actually, you know, you don't get on a roller coaster and expect it to go around and around in circles. You know, no, it's going to go fine. up and down and that's what business is, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so tell me about, you know, the, we were, before we were recording, we mentioned the, um, the idea of your experience of having been coached by, you know, in the sporting arena, 
having been coached and now being a business coach? Did you have coaches that I'm sure that there are coaches who live up to the bad stereotypes and I'm sure there are coaches who live up to the awesome stereotypes. Um, but were there lessons from being coached that you apply now in your work? Yeah, I mean, there's always, co- I mean, some of them are, are the biggest aspect of one. I think it's hypocritical to, to be a coach and not have a coach or at mm-hmm. least uh, seek one out in some way. So I am a coach, but I have coaches. Like it's, yeah. I have to. I realized early on, this is my fitness days. I could easily sit down with you, figure out what you want to work on and write you a training program to get in better shape. I could never do it for myself. I've tried. It's just, I just know all the wrong, weird stuff. I can't, it's just too much to do. I, I can never do it. Therefore, I get bogged down. I get stagnant. I get overwhelmed. And then it's just me keeping me going. And I'm a very motivated guy, but there's days where I get up and I can easily get busy being busy. And no one's yeah. holding Anthony accountable but Anthony. And then I can be like, oh, I'll push off that course till next month. And then the month after, you know, and no one's, no one's going to know. And yeah. so what I do is I realize that all the progress I've ever had in my life has come from a coach sports-wise. When I would get into a game or practice, I can get in there and do my thing, but I would do it wrong until someone said, no, no, do it like this. Because we can give a ton of effort in life. All of us, especially in business, can give a ton of effort, work on something, and then still fail at it over and over again. It's not to have somebody come in and say, hey, you're doing that wrong. And they can give you guidance because they can see it. And then you can make a tweak. And then I can go and do better, whether it's an actual physical sport um, or in coaching. And so what I do as a coach uh, is one, I, I am aware of that relationship. And my job is not to be a yes man. Some people get into coaching, they want to make people feel good. And like, I, the way I want to make you feel good is you succeeding. And it's not going to happen if I'm always like, great job. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Most of the time we get started like, no, that's not good enough. But I do. Okay. You, you're welcome to have your response. But I am telling you that what I am seeing, it's not good enough. And if I see it that way, the person that's going to pay you money is not going to pay you money. So it hurts to hear, and I'm never rude about it, but the reality is like, yeah. you need someone that'll tell you what you need to hear, and a real good coach does that. And I know that because in my football days, there was no shortage of cuss words and put downs to make me do better. <laughs> <laughs> right? I yeah. never would ever cuss people. I'm very respectful of humans. But as a coach now, the coaches I hire, they have to have the ability to press me. And I always respect them. I let them press me. If I, because I obviously I'm a guy that can communicate. I can easily talk to myself in circles and make them like, well, maybe. But the guys that I hire and the lady, like when I sit with them, I tell them what I'm doing. They'll break. Hey, no, I know. I'm Aunt. I know who you are. That's not good enough, Aunt. Do better. Have us done by this. I can't. I got my daughter's thing. Just get up earlier, Aunt. All right, you know. So I need people that can press me, and then I do the same thing with my clients. And I'm not a fit for everybody. I totally get that. I'm not a drill sergeant. But when it comes to coaching, I realize the massive benefit of it, if it's done right. If you're just a coach and you're hanging out, it's not, it, there's no benefit, you're just wasting people's time and money that they spent like hard earned time putting out. So I, I hate the feeling of not being a solution for somebody. So I tell people early on if I can or can't help them. And then when I choose to help them, I'm now invested in this with them. Like I, it's like, it's like I said before, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like a grandpa now. <laughs> like I want to help you birth your baby out because when I get to see that now I get to celebrate like hell yes like I had a client today call me I so today's a cool I signed a client on um and the client that was the original client who told somebody else who told somebody else they're all three now clients which is really cool but he had a speech today and I just got a testimonial from him and he killed the speech he sold all of his books he had to send people to Amazon to buy more 
And like that, I'm like, I get chills thinking about how damn cool that is. Phenomenal awesome. human. Like, cause, cause you get, you get past that. Like, cause a frustration gets built up with, I know I'm supposed to be doing more. I know I'm good enough for this. Why is nothing working? And it's not a strategy thing all the time. It's not a, a tool thing for him. It was like, I need you to do this and then say this and then do this. But I don't know. No, no, Mark, do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. he does it. <laughs> and now he's like, holy crap. He called me as soon as I was the first person he called off stage. Didn't even call his wife. He's like, dude, it worked <laughs> great. It's amazing. He's excited. And that that's amazing. So I got to see one of my grandchildren, you know, hit the stage today. Yeah, <laughs> a, yeah that's amazing. That is amazing. That's I love fun. that. You know, the grand the grandparent of the business. It's very nice. Um <clears throat> so I guess, you know, with the people who work with you, um, what is it that draws people to you specifically, do you think, to work with you? You know, I don't know. In my personal training days, uh, I always had this thought of, like, I'm the best trainer in the world, right? Mm. And then I realized uh, years later that I'm not. Mm. I'm the best for my clients. Yeah. Who they are depends on what they like. I, some people like the hard-nosed, mother-f-you, cuss-you-out guy. Totally cool. Not me. Some people love the, like, the earth is my mother and I love you and all the plants and, and fish in the water. <laughs> Not me. I'm the in-between. I'm like, hey, I love you. I, I love you enough to tell you the crap I got to tell you right now, but I'm going to celebrate whenever you win and I'm going to take the blame if you lose. Um, it's a different yeah. way of doing stuff. So I think the people that come to me are people that value what I value. And the things that I value are family. Like overall, if you ever watched anything of me, you'll know my family is my world. Um, yeah. And I, I value freedom. I don't value the money. I don't value any of that stuff. I value freedom to do what I want to do. What's great is I want to impact. I want to serve. I want to coach. I realize that income allows me the freedom, but I'm not looking to get you to join programs or join my coaching to make money. I'm looking at it to where I can create the freedom of my heart to coach you at a higher level, to call you to a different stage, to, to help you shift your identity. And so for me, like, that's why people come to me is because they value the family, they value the desire to actually impact people. Obviously, finance are a part of it. You got to make, you don't have the money, you can't make the message grow. Um, but I'm not trying to buy a Ferrari. Like, I'm not trying to go and buy a yacht or a, a boat. Like, it's not Anthony's, it's not my kick, man. I want to go and sit at my kid's mm -hmm. soccer game and not be worried about the mortgage being paid. I want to go and take trips with my kids and have them see the world that as a foster kid, I was never going to see. And though I do that, because I'm able to help other people do that. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I think that's so true. I think that there's so much, you know, so much noise, social media in particular, you know, and I am a, a voice on social media too, but there is so much noise on social media around around the entrepreneur lifestyle and, you know, the travel and the yachts and the things and, and the, all the bells and whistles and not enough about what quality of life you have if you have mm -hmm. the freedom to choose and I I think about people who are stuck in jobs that they hate you say 53% of Americans hate their hate their job you know mm -hmm. that's one in every two people is spending most of their waking life miserable and that breaks my heart when I think about that yeah, so you know being yeah you know having the freedom having the opportunity to choose how you spend your time how you spend your money how you spend your time with your children my oldest son um we've made a decision to start homeschooling he has specific learning needs he's a really smart kid but the classroom environment isn't working for him um, to do that the flexibility to do that whereas 
you know, so many parents no, couldn't because they would be having to do the nine to five. That's what I grew up in. My, my parents grew up poor. Like we, yeah. like seriously, I like, used to go in the garage, roaches in the garage, mice in the pantry, no food. Like dinner was McDonald's, you know, 50 cent or dollar hamburgers. Like that's, that's world. So I, I know what that feels like. And I don't want my kids to experience that. And I just, so I just, I think this is a big thing too. I think um, a lot of people in society is a weird, like hidden wheel it's moving. And what it is, is our parents work really hard. Back in the day, yeah. it's valued to work really hard to give your kid all the opportunities in the world. And I think we're looking at, I feel like we're looking at three generations later, that you have a lot of people doing what their grand, great grandparents were doing. Because they say, I'm going to work real hard so my kids can do whatever they want. So what do your kids see? You working real hard so their kids can do whatever they want. And then they work real hard so their kids do whatever they want. And no kids yeah. doing whatever they want. Whereas, like for me, I work incredibly hard so my kids can do what they want. But what I'm working hard at is chasing a crazy, weird dream. My kids get to see me on TV. They see me on stage. They see me doing social media. Like as, as a yeah. dumb joke running with my kid, like I'm like, I got more followers than you on Instagram. And I'm verified, son. And he's in high school. You know, it's like a dumb, <laughs> a playful joke. But yeah. when he gets older and if he has some loopy, crazy idea, it's not going to be odd. He's going to have the, the freedom of dad to help him, the experience of dad to help him, some funding possibly if I've done it right, which I think I have and we're good. But the idea is I, I don't want to have another generation that I look at of like my dad was. I kind of broke this mold of like he just works real hard so I can survive. Yeah. And then all I know how to do is survive. I don't know how to yeah. dream. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, having the freedom to dream. That's actually, I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, it's what life should be about. We should be able to find ways. And I think that we're entering a new world, a new, um, it's interesting, you know, when you hear people talking about, oh, I don't know, screen time and kids mm -hmm. in the digital world. And I don't know, I'm actually really excited for the future. I think the kids you know, of our generation who grow up with all of this potential, as long as they're taught how to manage the overwhelm, um, mm -hmm. yeah, sky's the limit. They will be a lot freer than our parents were. And certainly, you know, it, the struggle will be, I hope, easier to find their path going forward um, because it's all there. The world is shrinking. You know, the world is shrinking. Yeah. You, know, you and I, opposite ends of the planet, having a conversation um, as if we're sitting next door having a cup of tea. You know, it's easy you know, and getting Very. easier as time goes on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today, Anthony. I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's not very often that I, I draw the analogy of parenting with business. I do with my clients, but, you know, on the podcast, we haven't actually, I haven't had the opportunity to really have that kind of conversation. I've really, really enjoyed this. So okay. thank you very much. Very um, your welcome. website, anthonytrucks.com. Yep. That's, that's where people should head if they want to find out more about you and what you do. I love the photograph of you and your family. You just look oh, thank you. joyful, joyful. I, it's a really warm, joyful image of you guys doing yeah. your, your thing, which is very, very cool. We're happy. We have, we have a weird, uh, I mean, the big thing, we're very active. Like I do master's track, as does my wife. My son does track. My daughter does swimming. My son does soccer. It's a whole bunch of crazies. We're a weirdly, really dialed in, tight-knit family. It's just, it's fun nice. to be able to hang out with them all the time. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you very much again for joining me very today. Welcome. Hope we get a chance to talk again sometime soon. I'm sure you will. Take care. <laughs> okay. Now I'm just going to end the recording for us now.